0: Friends and family and friends who have become La Familia. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Reformed Hooligans Podcast. I am your host, Osahan, here with the usual unit, the usual crew. Felipe, Brian, what's going on today, gents? How are we feeling?
1: What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm good. You know, still shocked that the Clippers, the Clippers, you know, the Clippers mm. did the Clipper thing. No, Doc did the
0: Doc thing. Doc going Doc. Uh, doc is gonna yeah. Doc. You know, Clippers gonna clip. Doc going Doc.
2: It's like it's like it's like he became David Moyes for about the last four games of that series. Jeez. Even when they went up three one, they didn't win that game comfortably.
0: They did not. So. That was a tight game. Game. What was that? Five. Five.
2: Yeah. They.
0: Yeah, game, was it wasn't smart. a game four.
2: Four, four those four. four, yeah, you're right. In game four,
0: four. Yeah. didn't look comfortable. After that, it was a landslide. I gotta ask y'all this question though, since we are a soccer podcast. What was more shocking to you, that loss by the Clippers, or watching Barcelona get thrashed the way they did by Munich?
2: No, nah, the Clippers, the Clippers. Even knowing what I know about Doc, still the Clippers. Because you know what, Barcelona was a train wreck. I mean, we 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 knew Barcelona was losing that game. We were prepared. Like, come on! I think I even. I think I ha- I was a goal. I think if it wasn't for Coutinho, I had the freaking score. I have to still talk to Phil about that. I said seven two. I said five two.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we, were, true. we we were expecting blowouts, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But did you expect the Clippers to take an L that big in Game Seven the way they did, bro? I, like I know.
1: I oh was yeah, that's right. Buffalo. You're the
0: Clipper fan, Felipe. I forgot.
1: I, I, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, and honestly, I was at. I was like. I need,
2: I need three more Coronas, please. <laughs>
1: Golly.
2: I would have just went right for the tequila after that.
1: Oh, it was, it was hard to watch, man. And then, I don't
2: know.
1: Thank God we're a soccer podcast, also. Let's not talk.
0: Yeah, that's true, because yeah. uh, I got plenty to say on it. But as we are a soccer podcast, and the soccer world keeps turning, even when folks are asleep, the soccer world is still turning. Deals are being made. All kinds of things going down. Speaking of deals being made, Tottenham Hotspur, the castle with the kingdom, I'm sorry, in which Uncle Jose Mourinho reigns and rules, have pulled a double move today at the time of this recording. They have brought back home favorite son, Gareth Bale, and they've signed from Real Madrid as well, Sergio Reguilón. A double move from Real Madrid. On Real Madrid's end, they get some wages off the books. On Tottenham's end, though, how do you guys like this deal for Tottenham?
2: Felipe will you go first because Bale's a Real Madrid guy. Yeah, I'm and like. So technically,
1: he's uh, Regulon. Like, do, does, does Real
2: Madrid really need either of them? The answer is no, right? Well, Regulon, I think, as well, who's your backup left back at that point? other than Mendy. Um, they usually put, um, what's his name? Lucas Vasquez. Oh yeah. Then yeah, I guess they don't really, well, again, with regular loan, as long as they get a, and they're having a buyback clause. So whatever buyback clause it ends up being, I'm sure that was part of the reason that they were willing to make the deal with Tottenham. Cause I know United, for example, were not willing to do any buybacks. Um, so that was a big stipulation in the deal. However, it's with Gareth Bale. Like, I mean, Real Madrid should be trying to offload him any way necessary. Right. So his money is not there. I mean, plus you have all those youngsters, too, at the attacking position. So they don't even need bail. I mean, Reguilon's a nice player. Um, I think for Tottenham, that's huge. With Danny Rose, possibly. uh, Danny Rose got shunned out, basically, by the time Mourinho got hired last year. It's almost like he had a grudge with Danny Rose. And then, obviously, Ryan Sessegnon is not really a defensive-minded player whatsoever. Um, And to the point where Fulham didn't even want Sessegnon back. That should yeah. tell you how they that should tell you that Ryan on stock is really low right now too. So Mourinho needs somebody that's reliable back there and Reguilon fits the script of almost every left back that he's ever bought every year that he manages a new team he buys a left back except for the time he United.
1: Very weird. I'm looking at the players Madrid. Madrid has loaned out six players since the beginning of last season. Actually seven. They've loaned out Ceballos to Madrid, Kubo, Rainier, Brahim Diaz to um, AC Milan, it says right here.
2: Yep. Brahim, that's a a done deal. Uh
1: Uh-huh. And then Vallejo to, um, I think, Granada. And and another left back by the name of Frank Garcia to uh, La Liga 2 team. And
2: Gareth. Yeah, I think he was on Real Madrid B,
1: Garcia. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, they have seven players officially on loan for this season.
2: Yeah, interesting to see what they do with Odegaard because obviously he's staying. So that's going to be um, interesting to see how he fits into that role a little bit. I mean, I th- actually, you know what? Getting rid of Bale might actually be where Odegaard might get his minutes. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, so.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And especially for when you look at Bale, I know it was a, an interview released recently where he was asked about wanting to to leave Real Madrid. And he said he had every intent and design to do that last year. And the team blocked that move. But for Madrid, this is a great deal. Um, as much as it pains me as a United fan to see that he didn't go to United because uh, about a week ago, the it came out that there were talks between United and Real uh, to, for, I'm sorry, for United to take bail on loan and United would pay half of his wages, which is £300,000 a week. So... Uh, For for Ray out to be able to sell him off altogether and not even have to worry about paying 50% of his wages, Ray out by, by the looks of it, they are getting wages stacked and they are making room on the roster and in their budget to sign Felipe's dream signing one Kylian Mbappe. That's, that's what it looks like. We we like to discuss, or I'm sorry, every time we, we, we hop on here to record our podcast, we like to put in different nicknames. On our you know on our our audio files and so mine today is get rid of the Glazers because not only did United lose out on Gareth Bale not only do we have this ongoing and in my opinion at this point unnecessary saga over whether side Jaden Sancho also lost out on Sergio Reguilon that deal looked like a done deal and then it came up that Madrid wanted a buyback clause and United feels or the Glazers and Woodward feel that they are too high and mighty for a potential buyback clause, but they have no problem selling off players with buyback clauses.
2: Hmm. Oh, I mean, I get, and you know, it's funny because Roma, ha, Roma, actually could complain to Ed Woodward about the uh, Chris Smalling deal bingo. because, bingo, apparently they're only five million dollars off, and Smalling is adamant about going back to Roma,
0: and I'm adamant about him going. So the the amount of <laughs> hypocrisy being demonstrated by the Glazers, and by their minion, Ed Woodward, is frustrating. As it stands right now, realistically, United might not make another major signing before the close of the window. Even though the window closes at October 3rd, United might not make another major signing. So as the rest of the world turns, United continues to do what United does. Oh, the misery. Oh, the horror. Um, any other major... Uh, or? Major, minor, whatever you want to call them. Uh, well, Arsenal's
2: goalkeeping, on? so Arsenal's goalkeeping situation just got a little interesting because they're trying to sign, so Bernard Leno, obviously, when he's healthy, is probably one of the six, I th- he's definitely very good goalie. I think he's a very good goalie. Now, Emiliano Martinez really proved his worth last year as a number two goalie, as a possible number one in the Premier League by stepping in for Leno last year and actually playing really well when Arteta was still trying to figure things out at Arsenal. And among one of the moves was Martinez going to Villa. Now, remember what we said in January, if Aston Villa were able to sign a goaltender, that might have been the difference between them being 12th or 13th, based on some of the games they were playing, and where they were, 17th, 18th, 19th range, But Bournemouth and Watford, for example. So seeing Aston Villa go out and pick up Emiliano Martinez is a huge deal. I think that's a big signing for Villa. And actually, that might be enough to take them out of the relegation zone if they have everyone healthy, unlike last year, where last year everything went wrong for Villa, and they still stayed up. So I like that move for them.
1: What I like is that um, – well, I don't like it because Everton did not pay anything to get James Rodriguez. So it was a, It was basically Madrid handed them James for free. Those 16 year payroll.
2: payroll. But Real Madrid's payroll was so insane where I think no matter who was going to get... I mean, the same problem could happen with Bale, too. Yeah. So, you know?
1: so basically, Madrid paid, I think, at the time, 80 million euro for James Rodriguez when they bought him from
2: where... I think... What, what team was he in? In Italy? Who are we talking about now? James. When he went... Oh, yeah. He was supposed to go to Napoli last year. No, but that no, what happened with Napoli? Was. When he
1: blew up in 2014,
2: in that World Cup the team in Italy. Yeah, he. Was. I thought Juventus. I thought Juventus was in on him.
1: He was playing in Italy before joining Real Madrid.
2: Well, I know he was at Monaco. I didn't know he was in Italy.
1: Uh, hmm. I might be wrong. Well, I mean,
2: Monaco might as well be Italy with the way that uh, everything looks over there. So.
1: Yeah, but yeah, so Madrid didn't get anything for him, and then what I'm seeing here is that Thiago... The Bayern, um, Bayern's coach said that it's a done deal. He's a, he's a Liverpool player.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, um, That's a
2: bit exciting for Liverpool. It's, even well, if they don't keep Wijnaldum.
1: Um, I'd rather have Thiago than, than Wijnaldum well, no any day of the week.
2: Well, I think the idea was, I, and Osahan, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the idea was to have the three of Thiago, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho with Keita coming off as the fourth guy between those two instead of having Keita start and then having Oxlar chamberlain as the fifth center midfielder. That's kind of what they wanted. They wanted five midfielders going in because Lalan is gone. Yeah. So that was kind of that what was, they were going for. That was
0: exactly for. it. Yeah, that was exactly it. And side note, um, it was Monaco. Uh, James did not play uh, in Italy. Okay.
1: It he, was
2: rumored, he was rumored to go to Juventus yeah. in 2014 after the World Cup, but... Monaco sold him to Madrid, obviously. So,
1: For how much? I think like 82 million euros or something like that.
0: Yeah, it was in the 80-ish range. And Monaco Thiago yeah, got sold for a bargain, in
1: my opinion. Million, yeah, Dirt cheap. Million. Dirt cheap. Hey, and then I'm I'm seeing, I'm reading a lot. Is my, it's my author to Manchester United or to Liverpool? It's going to happen within the week. One of those two teams. I'll be
0: honest, yeah, he's I'm probably gonna go watching. to Liverpool. Uh he's probably gonna end up at Liverpool. I don't I don't Who's ended up United.
2: at Liverpool? Uh, Sar
0: Saar from Watford. Because uh
2: Ooh, Sar. if United why didn't you why why doesn't United just go after Sarr now? Why did they go after SAR first? Is what I don't like. Here's
0: here's the issue that United has, and this is SAR my,
2: fits that position.
0: He does. Here's my issue with United, uh and the, well specifically the Glazers and Woodward. Is they have this weird valuation of players, where they're willing to go out and spend oodles of cash on someone like Jadon Sancho, when you could get compliment, uh, as good a player or up to for, or two or three players for the same amount of money you would have spent. So and that's it's it's a more that would be more practical as well. So mm-hmm. on the one hand, Ishmael Assar, I think Watford at one point was saying 45, but I think they probably take it take. 30 right now at this point. United yeah. would probably say no. United was in the hunt for uh for Thiago. They were. That's mm-hmm. why the deal didn't go through immediately. But I don't know if they would they would they were even willing to pay uh 30 million for him. So United I I don't trust Glazer, the Glazers. I don't trust Woodward. This is my issue with the current state of football is in some spaces especially like at a club like United, you have guys who have never played the game in positions making major calls like this and it is no bueno they may be great for the books but they're not good for the ball
2: yeah I mean it's it's becoming a problem I mean if you look at some of the other clubs in Germany for example they've struggled with this too because obviously you know everyone's busy being jealous of RB Leipzig and then letting Dortmund and Bayern buy the rest of their teams out so like it's really about I, I, what teams are really looking for. It's almost like, oh, we're just trying to make sure that our side with some of the bigger clubs, especially United, their commercial side is almost more important than the football side. It really is. Um, and I almost feel that way Barcelona now too. So, I mean, it's it's becoming a problem. But an interesting signing, actually, I just bumped into. Uh, someone who has been kind of rumored for a while from Real Batiste going back to last summer when Vassilaso left William Carvalho um, the center defensive midfielder for Portugal he is agreed to a move to Leicester now keep in mind he also had personal terms with Leicester agreed last off season, and Sporting were unwilling to make any type of i mean a betis i mean batis were not willing to make any type of move for him um but it's so is it, so unfortunate because he would be one of those defensive midfielders. I think if if anyone could be like what Fernandinho was for Man City over the last like five, six-year stretch, I think Cavallo has a real potential of that because he has a lot of the same skill set.
1: Yeah. Look. yeah.
2: The only difference... I mean, Fernandinho is not the greatest dribbler in the world. Neither is Cavallo. But I mean, defensively, they're bricks. I mean, I think Cavallo is a poor man's Casemiro. That's actually exactly who I, what I would say. But it looks like a $16 million deal with... Um, sporting is going to be getting about 15% of the profit that's the, that Betis makes in the deal. So, once again, another poor piece of business from Betis beforehand. But um, that's nothing new, uh, as Felipe can tell you.
0: So, mm-hmm. I know I, I got to ask this question going back to Hamas real quick.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does Thomas's arrival spell the end for Alex Awobe at Everton?
2: No. Only because I feel like with the money they invested in Awobe. I just feel like Ancelotti has got to find a place to play him. I mean, he's not a natural right-sided player. So when they brought him in and they have Richarlis in there, it's kind of redundant. But at the same time, I've also been told that if Iwobi and Keane get good transfer fees, that they'll be willing to part with them too. But in my eyes, like I would keep Keane and Iwobi around for a season because I feel like for Everton, like if you want to actually make some noise in the Premier League, Why don't you find out what you actually spent all this money on before selling them? And the next thing, you know, they go to another club and they shine. And that would be the worst possible thing that could happen.
0: And I think Everton has, but I
2: wonder if Everton's history is going to scare them off because I think they probably regret holding on to Ross Barkley as much as they did because they probably could have gotten more had they sold him a year sooner. Guys like James McCarthy, um, You know, you know what I mean? Some of those that prior Everton group that wasn't as much of a crap bag as they are now. Like those players could have been sold for high values and they decided to hold on because they were competing for Europa League. So it's it's kind of tough when you're Everton status. I think with Carlo, he's going to want to keep those guys there. But again, with the amount of money that they've spent, seven hundred one million dollars since 2012, which is the third most of any team in the Premier League, that doesn't really give you much optimism. If you're a Toffees fan. Yeah. So.
0: I think they'll I think they'll sell a Wobi sooner than than they probably should because of, like you just mentioned, Brian, that recent history.
2: I, I mean, I would loan him out. I wouldn't sell him. I would probably loan him out and see if, like, all right. So, imagine, actually, you know, it would be a perfect situation. Hold on to a until January. See if there's a team that's going to bite on Karamuko Dembele at Celtic and see if Celtic will need someone to replace Dembele on the left side. That would be the perfect situation for Owobi because I think playing in that type of environment for Celtic, if they were able to get to the Europa League like knockout stages, Owobi might be a nice piece to not like fall off completely, which is Celtic fans, for some reason, expect to compete in Europe, which I don't know how you're going to do that with no top-level European talent. But that's besides the point. Like If they're going to keep odds on Eduard, Why not try to convince him and say, okay, we're actually trying to compete and get a left wing that can play alongside him off his caliber? So that's kind of the idea. But, I mean, I like Dembele, though. He's nice. So.
0: I'd say send out a Wobby on a loan-to-buy deal.
2: Well, who's going to want to take that leap of faith? Because, I mean, Arsenal clearly couldn't get rid of him fast enough.
0: It's Arsenal.
2: So, But, But, I mean, that was because they had to pay for the Pepe deal. Yeah. That's true. So.
0: And uh, rumor has it, speaking to Arsenal, by the way, that uh, Barcelona is looking to uh, either loan
2: or buy Hector Bellerin. And Arsenal should make that move because Cedric Suarez is – I think I actually like Cedric Suarez more than I like Hector Bellerin because Bellerin is just hurt. Every year it's always something with him. Great player, though. Yeah, I think great. Bellerin would be – he's probably a top 10 right back on the planet if he were healthy all the, all the way around. But, I mean, if I were PSG – Considering they just lost Mounier, eh, I would have gone after him. But again, Tilo Carer, for some reason, is a right back in their mind. So I, I, I don't know what PSG is thinking, to be honest. Bellerin, Ugh. I
0: think if he stays healthy, I do think he can make an impact at United. I mean, not United, Almost United but at uh, Barcelona. I think he can do something. Yeah, really, I mean, real, anywhere.
1: something really. It wouldn't career. matter.
2: I mean, he's better than Nelson Semedo. Oh, don't do that. I mean, Cedric Suarez was at Southampton. And he's better than, than Nelson Semedo, so
1: Nelson Semedo.
2: And speaking of left backs, um, so obviously Reguilon by Sergei Reguilon most likely going to Tottenham with Bale. That ha- that part hasn't been official yet. The Bale part is from Fabrizio Romano, um, is that S- Sevilla saw, uh, brought in a replacement and actually bought a replacement for Reguilon, and that is Marco Acuna the person they wanted before they loaned out for a regular loan from Sporting. And I wonder if Bruno being sold was the domino effect for Sporting to kind of rebuild a little bit. Because Bruno's gone, Wendell's gone. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Marcos Acuna's gone too. So now they're pretty much like gutted. Now Dumbia is probably going to be the next one. So for those Sporting fans out there, the green fans, I'm sorry.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. I gotta, yeah. I, I, I gotta ask you guys this question. Uh, well, first of all, does anyone have any other like transfers
2: that you guys got your eyes on? No, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So I haven't sure read any, Haven't read anything that. I mean, other than Danny, actually, let's talk about Dan- Danny Ing's is someone that we gave a lot of love to on this show. Well deserved on the first well half deserved. of 12, 20, yeah. 2020. and for the injury that he had two years ago to come back the way he played last year was phenomenal. Yeah. I root for that. I'm hoping Andre Gomes has a big comeback too. Uh, the same exact way. But Ings being rumored to Tottenham is so freaking weird to me, it makes no sense. Because if you're Danny Ings, why the hell would you weave Southampton, a team that has Hassan Hoodle, a coach that is very good in developing young talent, and they have a lot of young talent on that team in Southampton. They need to play Musa Jennifer. Bye. I'm getting annoyed. Mr. Giannopo needs to start every game. He and needs to start him, every
0: single game. Put him in the right position as well. Don't don't plan
2: Left mid. Yeah. Left mid. Yeah. Let him play make. He can have a Triore type of impact for he them can. if they use him correctly. Um, But if I were Tottenham Hotspur, like, the striker that I would be going, I would have gone after harder is Troy Dini. Mm. Get someone that can back up Harry Kane, not someone that, like, is going to be on the same level as Harry Kane. It almost sounds like they're trying to replace Harry and so on. Or they're trying to prepare themselves. Listen, you know, it's, it's I think weird. a Troy
0: and a Troy Deeney. This is one thing I'm I'm always on the lookout for.
2: Even on a two year deal, it, even on a two year deal for Deeney, what's 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 the worst that can happen? Here's what I'm always on the
0: lookout for, especially when you're looking at you know the Premier League, our players who can come in. They may not be you know starting every match in the Premier League, but in those cup competitions. You can start them and let them have impact. They'll get their minutes there. They'll be able to keep their fitness up. And it gives you the opportunity to have guys like a Harry Kane who is habitually hurt. Let's let's just be honest. I don't think I've seen this season. Well,
2: Ings is Ings is pretty much Harry Kane 2.0. In right. That regard. But
0: you have a Troy, but you bring in someone like a Troy Deeney to your point, Brian. That alleviates all of that, right? And it gives. And Mourinho run.
2: wants to actually park the bus in a one nothing game, right? Dini is not afraid of being on an island.
0: Yes, he can hold. He so can hold and maintain big, right? possession. And uh, and if in case you decide you finally want to score after parking the bus, he can put something in the back of the net for you. So I I, I don't like that idea of Danny Ings leaving Southampton. Southampton has
1: for a his reputation. Sake.
0: Yeah, Southampton has a reputation yeah. though. We've seen it throughout the years where they have great players come through but they're not all there at the same time. Let's not forget Gareth Bale's Southampton product. Uh, remember when And Morgan? if they
2: waited, they could have had Sadio Mane. Dude,
0: yeah. I mean, and come damn. on. So it, Danny Ings, don't do it. Stay. Stay.
2: For now at least. There, might, there will be better moves. I think he should wait for Liverpool to replace Firmino. I think um, that's a good role for him, that DLF role-ish, like that deep line forward role. But, yeah, actually, speaking of uh, Tottenham and Everton, the last two teams we mentioned, I think they actually played opening week.
0: They sure did. You guys did. right
2: into the game. That was a boring game, by the way. Typical Jose Mourinho game. Oh, man. And that press conference was hilarious by Jose Mourinho. Like, absolutely hilarious. Typical
0: Jose press conference.
2: I'm going to have to start sharing those press conferences on the SSAW page. They'll absolutely find it hilarious.
0: I second that. I second that yeah. uh, the, the match that uh, I feel like garnered a lot of attention was that uh, Chelsea was it Chelsea Watford match.
2: Chelsea and um, no, it was uh, not Watford, Chelsea and um, Brighton,
0: Brighton. There you go. Chelsea and Brighton.
2: Yeah. All those center backs and they still gave up three goals. Three.
0: What's Brighton right Brighton. Brighton could have run a seven two, one and they still would have given up all kinds of goals. Now, who would put seven in the back? I don't well, know. Well, they
2: can't score goals. They can't. They, they, they They're anemic. They name. have Ben White. They have Shane Duffy. They loaned out Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy. Who probably could start on 10 Premier League teams, but they loaned him out because they wanted to basically cripple Leeds United and say, well, we're keeping Ben White because we want him.
1: Can I say something? Oh, Go please ahead. do,
0: Felipe. I'm ready for it.
1: It's not soccer-related, man. I've been quiet because I was trying to pre-order this fucking PlayStation 5, and they got sold out in less than fucking 45 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it. Tell me how you really feel. I'm fucking mad, bro. I've been trying to pre-order it since midnight, midnight, and then I didn't get it at midnight. Then I waited at 7 a.m. for Best Buy. Didn't get it at 7 a.m. Then I waited at 10 a.m. for Target. Didn't get it at Target. Then I waited to 6 p.m. for Walmart. Didn't get it at Walmart. I'm 0 for 4 4 4 I guess this is how Clipper fans feel.
2: <laughs> I mean, it could be like Red Sox fans before 2004, because that was – I can relate.
0: Cold world. Cold world. Cold world. Look, I, it, I, think, I guess they didn't want me to buy it. I, I think, speaking of disappointment, and this is why I brought up the Chelsea-Brighton match, was folks were disappointed – in the debut, the Chelsea debut of one Kai Havertz. Um, and I think this this will be probably a great place for us to, to kind of land the plane. We spend a lot of time talking about Chelsea, their build up, the the signings they were making. Folks are excited, feels like it's gonna be a blue world again. Robin Abramovich is dealing out dough again. What were your guys' first impressions of this new look Chelsea team?
2: I love Reece James, I love Reece James. That's all I can say.
1: The they played a what a four-two-two-two. I like that Georgino yeah. and and Golo Kante as as deep midfielders, defensive midfielders. I love it because Kante, that's his best position in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then Havertz and Mount uh Mount
2: Mount should not be there. I think that should be um, Pulisic. Let's face it, Mount Havertz is looking over there at Mount going. You're a freaking scrub. Yeah. I've been playing German ball since I was 17. Get the hell off the field. Yeah. Like, really. I'm like, uh, and then
1: this cheek as a uh, – they need they need another – Yeah, they need another – if they want to compete with the big times, they he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Because he – He needs a lone like, move, badly. I mean, Timo Werner, yeah, great, right? Everybody knows Timo Werner's a top, what, 15 player in the world. Right. Yeah, but
2: – uh, Loftus cheek. Yeah, he gotta he gotta get out of there. Well, I'll tell you what, Jorginho should stay at Chelsea because he literally is automatic from penalties, and no goalie can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, but I'll tell you this: Reese James is going to be the best of all those Chelsea wonder kids. I think I've said it on this show. Maybe You've a said,
0: couple no, you said no, you said it when we when we brought up that Chelsea wonder kid bunch. I think, and I think it was pretty unanimous agreement. We, the Mason Mount is overhyped. Reese James just needs time, and he showed out this first match.
2: He could be Ashley Cole good, and I'm not throwing out hype like that for nothing. Like he really can be Ashley Cole good. He he, rem- so. he 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 reminds me of Trent Arnold Alexander, but just plays defense a little bit better. Because I think as a, he played defensive midfielder in the youth level a tad, too. So I think that might have actually been a better adjustment for Reese to go from CDM to right back. Yeah. But the way they use their right backs is more supporting players anyway. Uh-huh. So it's kind of more natural for Reese. He's kind of playing where he's playing at. So it's a good move. And plus, I like Jorginho and Conte. I think that's a duo. I don't understand why all the Jorginho hate in Chelsea. Like, I don't get it. Um. He's a solid player. Like, he does everything. He, do- he does everything well and doesn't do anything great, which for good teams, they always tend to always not really look at those guys a certain way. But at the same time, like, Chelsea don't really have anyone better they can get for him. Are they going to get Hassan Aur now from Lyon? Are they going to steal him from Arsenal? I mean, that's the only player they can add right now to that bunch that might actually work with everybody they have. Yeah. Based on how Lyon sets up, too. Yeah. And I mean that Seven- – that- having Auer an and Havertz up front is like some FIFA-level dominance right there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, so, when Thiago Silva comes in, him, Antonio Rudiger, Alonso and Reece James, that's a great back four, man. That's a really that's good just, back And even back having forward.
2: Christensen off the bench. Like, Christensen as your third center back is actually a really good idea if he can just stay confident in himself.
1: Yeah. And then you got Hudson Adoy, Azpilicueta, you still yeah. got Tammy. You still got Tammy Abraham, Oliver Giroud, Ross Barkley. Come on, bro. Chelsea is Barkley. Barkley's got to go too. Definitely
0: has to go. <laughs> Send him and Mason Mount away. Here, here's here's the thought I just had. Is- I, I think- but,
1: but, hey, ahead, but Barkley doesn't be starting though. That's the thing. Like yeah, Mason Mount,
2: yeah. I have no idea why he starts. Because it's Chelsea and they always do like they're trying to. They They market him
0: as Frank Lampard. Yeah, as the next Frank Lampard, which we have said time and time again.
1: Markets him as the next Lampard. No,
0: this this is the British media as well, Felipe. They market him as as that guy. They will crap on everyone else, all the other young players uh, on that team, and they make Mason Mount sound like he is the second coming.
1: Uh, Here's another. Oh, Ozan, what right. did we say like two months ago? The only Mason we... we is uh... Greenwood, bro. <laughs> That's the only
0: one we're talking about. The other one, we're just going to call him Mount, Mounty Boy. Uh, <laughs> r- r- real quick, because you, you mentioned them having three center backs. Think about it. They can run a legit 3-4-3 and be of dangerous. You can move up Reese James and uh, Alonzo.
2: Uh, up until even in Michigan. a diamond where you can pick Conte or Jorginho and then have Havertz as the as the pure ten. That's scary. I mean, if Reece James and Pilaquetta are on the left and the right, I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, that that's yep. scary. They they have. I think with
2: Aspillaqueta, even like Aspillaqueta is a high effort guy, so that's part of the reason why I put him out there. I wouldn't want Marcus Alonso, for example, at that spot. I'm all set with that. But um but yeah, I think as Filiqueta and Reese James on a three four three, even if they have to do that in a seventy to a ninety minute part of a game, that's kinda of scary. That, I that agree.
0: Kind of scary, especially when you're looking to maybe, you know, win a match or, or steal a goal back, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Uh Reese James, by the way, with one heck of a goloso in that match. No,
2: oh, long first long career long. goal for Chelsea, I think, too. Yeah,
0: a rocket by him. So that was Danny that was Danny Rose quality, actually. Yeah, want to talk about back Danny when Danny goals. Rose was Danny Rose, right?
2: You're right. Wow.
0: So, so, guys, real quick, um, we have a full weekend of football coming. Up. I mean, a full real weekend coming up. It's going to be exciting. Uh, my Red Devils are going to kick the season off against Crystal Palace. Um, hopefully, the, the Woodward, Woodward and the Glaciers will be paying attention to Zaha. Uh, Oh, is going to
2: save – I don't think Zaha is going to save them this week. No, he's
0: not, but I hope they pay attention and take notes. That was a good goal
2: because Andros Towson played really well last week. He
0: did. Um, Who for you guys, uh, what match are you guys looking and expecting to see this weekend that you're excited for?
2: What
1: match? Go, go, Brian, first.
2: Well, I mean, let's – I mean, Chelsea, Liverpool aside, I'm actually looking forward to Villa and Sheffield on Monday because those are two teams that I think that – Possibly could be heading in two different directions. Everything seems to be going up right now in Villa. And I think for Sheffield, like, Sander Burge, I don't know if he looks lost out there or if he's playing the wrong position or something, but he didn't look all that comfortable last week either.
1: Yeah. I like like Man City versus Wolves. That's a good game.
2: That's a good game too. Especially the last time they played last year. That was a thriller.
0: Yeah, that is a good game.
2: So (laughs) both Monday games are good. And then um, Leicester and Burnley as well, only because Burnley didn't play last week, I think, or did they? They did. Was that game, yeah. Man, you were Manu was supposed to play Burnley. That's yeah. right. So they were canceled. They canceled. I wonder right. if Leicester. I wonder if Burnley can continue some of the grittiness they were able to play with at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Newcastle and Brighton, considering that both teams have made quite a bit of conversation this summer about improving their squads. Let's see who actually did. And then Southampton and Tottenham. The morning game on Sunday, that actually could be a very good game. Uh-huh. Because I think Tottenham loses. Oh. I
0: agree. No, I agree. <laughs> I expect I expect a Wonder Goal.
2: At St. Mary's. I don't know if Southampton's losing that game.
0: I expect a Wonder Goal eat not a wonder goal, but at least a game winner. I'm saying it now. Either from Jempo or Che Adams. There it is. I've said it. I've said my piece. Well,
2: I'm I'm down for another Shea Adams screamer.
0: I I I have said it. I've said my piece. Um wow, folks. This was a quickie, but I will tell you this there is plenty to talk about on the next go around because we will have a full slate of games to break down and digest. With that being said, this concludes another episode of the Reformed Hooligans podcast presented to you by the Craft Factory in conjunction with SSAW. I'm your host, Osahan, here with the gang. We appreciate you guys. If you're listening on Spotify, uh, on Apple Podcasts, you know, especially on Apple Podcasts, rate subscribe share leave a review we appreciate you guys all of our listeners if there's some topics that you guys feel we should discuss man feel free to contact us on our instagram or our twitter with that being said though guys oh by the way instagram and twitter t-s-s-a-w underscore that being said appreciate you guys until next time signing.